When it comes to matters of the heart, just exactly what are we talking about? What is the definition of the heart? Is it just the muscle that pumps blood, or is it much more, especially when we talk about matters of the heart from a Christian perspective? We'll try and answer these questions for you next on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Join us. And welcome to Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Redwood City with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. We're continuing with our series simply entitled Wisdom for Living. It's a look at the Proverbs, and today we're looking at some basic facts about wisdom out of Proverbs chapter 1. And then we'll go on to take a look at the definition of the heart, as well as characteristics of the heart and problems. These are all issues that we face today. So please join us for an encouraging look at Proverbs and our definition, characteristics, and problems of the heart. Here's Pastor Steve Converse with today's broadcast. We're in the book of Proverbs, as you know, and uh, last week we started this uh, series on wisdom for living, and uh, it's just going to be about a six or seven week series, hopefully six, see where we go today, but uh, a lot of information on your notes, but a lot of it's just kind of, we fly through it pretty quick this morning. But we've been looking at, last week we looked at kind of an introduction to the book in our series, and we looked at the need for wisdom, and we found that in Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, be careful how you walk, walk circumspectly, because the days are evil. And uh, that tells us that we all need some wisdom, and the source of our wisdom comes from God's Word. We saw that in 2 Timothy Chapter 3. There's the definition we gave for wisdom itself. We said, wisdom is the ability to make good decisions based upon the principles found in God's Word. It's not enough just to know about the principles. A lot of people have the principles of God's Word maybe in their head, and that's a good thing, but they don't put them into practice. A wise person is someone who has the ability to make good decisions based upon the principles found in God's Word. And we looked at various benefits of wisdom, and we're not going to go through all these just for time's sake this morning, but we went over them last week, and you can get the message. And all the benefits began with the letter P. I was trying to figure out how to make benefits begin with B, but it just didn't work out. It was P. So we had perception, uh, prevention, prolong your life, peace, prosperity, Poise, protection, precision, prudence, and its payoff. And we said that the beginning of wisdom, as found in chapter 9, verse 10, says simply, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you're curious, well, how do you get started on your path of wisdom? You need to go to the Lord and um, acknowledge who He is, come to Him, and uh, basically make Him first in your life, come to Christ, repent of your sins, turn your life over to Him, and then all the wisdom of God will be open before you. And so it's it's kind of an important thing to understand that when we go through this book of Proverbs in in just kind of an overview fashion, that hopefully the information we're getting is practical information. Because the purposes of the book are very practical. Uh, We looked at these last week to give reverence and obedience to the heart. And we're going to find out the heart definitely needs that. 
And we saw that in chapter 1, verse 2. To provide discernment to the eye. We saw that in verse 2 as well. To develop alertness in the walk. To establish discretion and purpose in life. And then also to cultivate keenness of mind. And so we want to basically wrap up. We wrapped up last week with the goal of the book being this, to blend together the knowledge gained from the fear of the Lord, the instruction of our fathers, and the teaching of our mothers. To put that all together and to put it into practice. Well, today we want to move on and we want to look at what the Bible has to say about the heart. But before we do that, we kind of have to lay a little foundation. Uh, In Proverbs chapter 1, in verses 20 to 35... We see here basically some warnings against refusing wisdom. There's some people that will refuse wise advice. Have you ever met any of those people? You tell somebody, they ask you what to do, and you tell them what to do, and they go out and do the exact opposite. Not that your opinion really matters, but hopefully you're gaining your counsel from the Word of God. And so you're sharing with them biblical principles, and if you make this decision, here's what's going to happen, but here's what, what God's Word says that God would want you to do. And then they go out and they do something just totally the opposite. Well, there's a great need for us to give attention to the areas of our lives that maybe make us offensive to others. We don't like to be offensive to others. At least I don't. I mean, I don't wake up in the morning going, who, who can I offend today? You know, we don't do that. But sometimes that happens. And sometimes we're disobedient before God. And, and a lot of times God words, God's word most of the time speaks directly to these issues. And there's a lot of times that his reproofs are indirect. Maybe they're from other sources. But wisdom should be our goal. And even though wisdom is available, we don't always want to accept it. Uh, because we're not always responsive to God's word. Well, some basic facts about wisdom. And we see these in uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse 20 to 32. And I just want to share a couple things here. In verse 20 and 21, it says, Wisdom calls from outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. It's using she as referring to wisdom. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gate in the city she speaks her words first thing is that wisdom is available to us we have godly wisdom that is available to us that we can apply to our lives and so we want to first of all note that wisdom is available every time you open the pages of god's holy word you're seeing some form of wisdom before you godly wisdom Well, it's not only available, but if you read down a little further in verse 24 and 25, it says, because I have called you, and what? You what? What's it say? You refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel, and would have none of my rebuke. Wisdom is not only available, but wisdom can be spurned. Wisdom can be spurned. Wisdom can be kind of just thrown aside and say, you know what, hey, thanks for the advice, but that happens all the time. And there's basically three kinds of people in verse 22 there that is explained who spurns wisdom, who refuses godly wisdom. First of all, it says the simple. 
Those who are just wide open to anything. You might call them naive. They're easily deceived. They're easily enticed. They don't check out the sources. Whatever the person says, they just kind of go along with it. Then you have the scoffer. Those who are skeptical. And they're, they're even given to mock God. Mock his wisdom. They view the word of God almost with contempt. And then thirdly, you have the fool. And it says the fool hates knowledge. The fool is the person who basically they misuse what they hear and believe. And they believe that they can survive without God. They don't need God. They're self-sufficient. So those are three kinds of refusers, you might call, of wisdom. But when you spurn wisdom, it can have some very serious and some very bitter consequences. And I'm sure that we can go around the room this morning and share examples of how, yeah, you know, I remember one time when God, God told me to do this, or someone who was godly gave me a biblical principle to do, and I didn't listen to it. And I went this way instead of that way. And it wasn't a pretty outcome. It says in verses 26 and 28, When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes on like a whirlwind, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will not accept my counsel. They spurn all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way. The waywardness of the naive shall kill them. Shall kill them. See, when wisdom is spurned, there's consequences. And what Solomon is pointing out in those verses 26 and 28 and 31 and 32 of chapter 1 is that, you know what, there comes a point in time where when you continue to refuse biblical, godly advice, counsel, wisdom, there comes a point that it's too late because the consequences are already reaping their results in your life. And they've been set in reversible motion. Irreversible motion. I remember one time... I was a youth pastor, and I was dealing with a gal that got too friendly with her boyfriend. And they both came in to see me and share with me that the inevitable happened. We don't know how this happened. And they went on and on for like five minutes. And I'm sitting there with a sick feeling in my stomach saying, just say it. She was pregnant. And I said, well, I don't think you need to tell me. I don't think you need me to tell you how this happened. <laughs> okay? It's kind of common sense. But certain stages in the relationship, warnings were given and whatever, and they didn't listen. They spurned the wisdom. And the consequences were set in irreversible motion. They were going to have a baby. They didn't even have a family yet. So sometimes when we, when we give wisdom a, just a rebuke or a reproof in our life, we just don't, we don't accept it. It has consequences. And we need to remember that. In verse 25 it says, You neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. Reprove means to convince. It contains the idea of kind of conviction, having some form of conviction. But in the practical terms here, reproof is God's personal criticism. In other words, there's times in our lives when God comes alongside of us because he loves us and he's a gracious God and he, he begins to speak to us through his word, maybe through other believers, through the spirit, and he begins to say, you know what, this needs to change in your life. 
And we need to stop and ask ourselves, are we listening for that voice of God through his word? Proverbs 6.23 says that the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is light and reproofs for discipline are the way of life. In other words, when God's truth and the clarification of that truth shine upon us, shine upon our hearts, shine upon our thought patterns, reproofs often accompany them. And God may use his word, he may use a loved one, he may use a spouse, he may use a child. But sometimes God needs to speak something special to our hearts. And sometimes those, that wisdom is not heeded. Sometimes it's willful, as you see in verse 24, he says, hey, I called and you refused. Sometimes it's because of insensitivity in verse 24. He says, I stretched out my hand, but nobody paid any attention. Or maybe it's indifference, as you find in verse 25. You neglected all my counsel. Or maybe verse 25 as well, it says, do not want my reproof. Sometimes we get defensive, don't we? When people call us alongside and begin to share information with us, they mean to help us. All of a sudden, our defenses kick in, and, and we don't want to hear it. We always want to think that, no, you're the one that needs to listen, not me. That's just how we approach life. And you have to ask yourself at times, are you stubborn? Are you willfully refusing what God is trying to say to you? Are you insensitive? Are you indifferent? Because all those things will cause wisdom to be kind of kept out of your heart. Proverbs has a lot to say about the heart. If you've read through the book of Proverbs, you know that. It's mentioned some hundred times throughout the book of Proverbs. And God is quite concerned about our hearts. It's the spiritual muscle that the Bible refers to as the heart. And this book that we're looking at shares with us various things about our heart. It brings attention to our heart. The first time in, in, in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2, where we're told to allow our heart to discover the joy of understanding. And the last time it's used in Proverbs is in Proverbs 31 and 11, where the godly woman's husband is said to have a heart that trusts her. And all sandwiched between those two verses, the heart is mentioned over and over and over and over again. Well, what do we mean by the heart? What am I talking about? Look at, look, let's look at the definition. The heart is the source of life. Without a heart, you're not alive. It's the seat and the whole of the inner man. By that I mean it includes everything from your feelings, your desires, your affections, your motives, your will, your intellect, your principles, aim, everything. The heart is the most in-depth point of a man's spiritual life. So when you're talking about the heart, you're talking about a very serious item. The Bible mentions different kinds of hearts. Proverbs actually mentions different kinds of hearts. I think they're listed there for you, the different characteristics of the hearts. A heart of wicked that, that plans wickedly, heart of sensuality, heart of deception, heart of bitterness, heart of happiness, heart of haughtiness, heart of rage, heart of envy. All different kinds of hearts that are mentioned there throughout the book of Proverbs. Well, what makes the heart these different types? What makes the heart hearts different in different people? If you look at Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, 
so he is. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Our hearts are characterized by what we think about most of the time. If you want to know what kind of heart you have, you can pick from the list there. What are you thinking about? What do you think about when you're not thinking about anything? <laughs> that will tell you what's going on in your heart. Look at chapter 24, Proverbs 24, verses 1 and 2. It says, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. Our hearts are characterized by what we talk about. What do you talk about when you're just talking to talk? <laughs> See, that's a picture of your heart. And lastly, and I'll just read it for you. You don't have to turn there. In Luke chapter 12, it tells us very clearly that our hearts are characterized by how we spend our leisure money. Where does our money go? 1234 says this. For where your treasure is, What? There your heart also will be. So those three things characterize our hearts. Well, what are some problems of our heart? Sometimes, you know, when you have heart problem, that's a pretty serious thing, right? Sometimes, you know, you get frustrated. You know, you try to call and make a doctor's appointment. And then they, you know, well, okay, th three weeks, four weeks, whatever, you know, we got this, blah, blah, blah. We give you all this rigmarole. All you have to do is call up. I remember I did it. I was dropping my wife off from work and uh, just having, just telling her, I just, you know, just got this pain in my chest. You know, I've had this pain for a couple weeks. It just comes and goes, and, you know, but it just, you know, it's nothing serious, I don't think. And so I'm telling her this before she goes into work. Well, you don't need to call cars. You need to, uh, yeah, yeah, well, well, well. Well, you know, so she goes into work. So I'm in the car and got my cell phone. I'm like, well, I'll just call him right now. So I called him. And, uh, well, what's the problem, sir? Well, I'm just having some, just, uh, I don't think it's a big deal, but well, what's the problem, sir? Well, I, I just got some pro uh, pain in my chest. I mean, you know, you'd think that I was the President of the United States. Oh, well, where are you at? Are you, are you, well, I'm in my car. Are you driving? I said, well, no, I'm not driving. I'm sitting in a parking lot. Okay, well, don't drive anywhere. I said, ma'am, I'm fine. Settle down. I mean, she was giving me a heart attack just listening to her response. Okay, but all you have to do is call them and say you got some pain. You're, man, they'll wash you right in there. Okay, and boy, you got an appointment that afternoon. Why? Because it's a serious thing. Hearts are serious things. Without them, we aren't alive. But they got some problems. They definitely got some problems. In chapter 5 of Proverbs, verse 12 to 13. Proverbs 5, verse 12 to 13. It says, and say... How I have hated instruction, and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instruct me. Like we said earlier, the heart spurns reproof. It, it, it doesn't just naturally open itself up to heeding biblical advice. That's a problem of our heart. It says, I've hated instruction. What's the answer to that problem? I mean, we're just negative. we got this built-in thing within us that's negative to any counsel. It's just there. Well, over in chapter 10, verse 8, gives you the answer. The wise in heart will what? Receive commands. But a prating fool will fall. And even in 12.1, 1, 
it also says basically the same thing. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. We don't have a heart that's inclined to desire wisdom. We have a heart that's inclined to do just the opposite, to reject it. And what's the answer to accept it? We also have hearts that are bent on sensuality. Our hearts are bent on sensuality. Look at chapter 6, verse 23 and 25. Proverbs, 20, or Proverbs 6, verse 23 and 25. It says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your what? Heart. Our hearts are bent toward sensuality. And over in uh, chapter 7, same thing, verse 24 and 26. It says, Now therefore listen to my, me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. It's so important that we understand that our hearts are bent on sensuality. That's just the way that they're made. But look at chapter 6, verse 20, and you see the answer for that action that's not honoring the Lord. He says in, in verse 20 of chapter 6, My son, keep your father's commands. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your what heart. Tie them around your neck. So there's ways that we can deal with these actions of our heart that aren't necessarily honoring to, to the Lord. The heart is also susceptible to anxiety, to gloom, to depression. People deal with this all the time. It's even spoken of in the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 25. It says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Wow, two for one. You want to get depressed? Get anxious. But that's so true, isn't it? In chapter 14, just turn the page, verse 13. It says, even in laughter, the heart may sorrow. In the end, may be grief. Well, what's, what's the answer to that? In 1430, it tells us, it says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. In other words, get some joy in your life. Chapter 15, verse 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but a sorrowful heart, uh, but by sorrow the heart, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So we need sometimes to just kind of relax and to realize that, hey, you know what? God has things under control. We don't need to be all anxious and gloomy and depressed. I mean, if you want to get that way, just turn on the news. I mean, it's very easy. You'll be pulling your hair out or scratching your head or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's important that we understand that that's the way our heart naturally goes. Those are the natural inclinations of our heart. And the heart leans toward also indiscriminate sharing. It says in verse 2 of chapter 18, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in, but in expressing what? His own heart. There's a tendency that's characterized sometimes by too much transparency. Sometimes we talk too much. We get ourselves in trouble. Well, those are some of the things that the actions of the heart, the problems of the heart, are, are there. Well, thank you for spending time with us here today on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. 
It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. Directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org, or again, simply call 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. Gracefultruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We thank you for spending time with us today and trust we'll see you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.